It's Window Nation's semi-annual sale, and it's a big deal. Right now, get 50% off all windows along with no interest for five years plus bonus savings when you schedule a consult today. If your windows leak, get foggy or hot, or you're paying high utility bills, that's a big deal. With Window Nation's semi-annual sale, you can replace your windows and save a big deal, too. Schedule a no-obligation in-home estimate now. Call 866-90-NATION or visit windownation.com. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance, too, with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. It's the most anticipated WNBA season in history. And you know what that means. Court is back in session. Welcome to Queens of the Court, an Odyssey original podcast. I'm your girl, Cheryl Swoop. And I'm Jordan Robinson. All WNBA season long, we'll be bringing you interviews with star athletes, analysis on your favorite teams, and lots of hot takes. Order, order in the court. Follow and listen to Queens of the Court on the free Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcasts. You're listening to BGN Radio right here on BleedingGreenNation.com. Okay. What's going on, Bleeding Green Nation? We have uh, trotted our way down to the final day of waiting of draft day, and you're here listening to it. Hopefully, it's going to be a raucous, enjoyable occasion. I'm not quite sure what episode we're on. So I'm towing the line, and I'm going to let Brandon Lee Gowton tell me what episode is when we post this thing. But he is here, along with uh, Mr. Patrick Wall, Mr. Mike K. We're all here to enjoy some wonderful things. How are we doing, boys? Doing great. Hey! <laughs> Should have done like a Mickey Mouse call there. I apologize. Anyway, uh, BLJ, Mike K., Patrick Wall, all here. The burning question as I'm getting out of my car, I'm like, okay, well, spin the wheel of hypothetical. We'll have some fun. And then Sal Palantonio. Throws a wrench into the whole thing, and he tells Mike Missnelli on 97.5 The Fanatic, the Eagles are burning up the phone lines to go and see and test to see how high they can go in the first round. BLG, do you smell the garbage coming, or is this a real thing? Uh, you know, all due respect to Sal Powell, you know, I, I just don't see him as the one, you know, breaking these kind of stories usually, so I'm not really sure this is the place you're looking for or the, the person you're looking for when you, you know, you expect this kind of rumor. So, you know, I don't put a lot into it at this point. Uh, I, I don't doubt that the Eagles will have some interest in trading up. Howie Roseman said last week that the Eagles are not afraid to trade up. You know, I know everyone wants to trade down in this draft. That's the popular idea. But the thing with that is, you know, if everyone is so desperate to trade down, you know, it might make more sense to trade up because you're trading up at a cost that isn't going to be as much as it is in other years if everyone is so desperate to move down and get more picks. So, you know, I think there could be a value trade up. And again, we're probably not talking about, you know, moving into the top 10 or something here. Uh, you know, Brandon Cooks has fallen down the board there and, you know, they have to trade up 
you know, maybe they give up their fifth or their seventh or something, you know, really late on just to move up that extra three picks to make sure they get Brandon Cooks. And if that's who they really believe in, you know, maybe that makes sense. Or maybe it's a quarterback, you know, I'm just throwing Brandon Cooks name out there. It could be you know, another player they like could be Anthony Barr. So, you know, I, I don't think it's, it's crazy to think they could trade up, but I don't think they're necessarily burning up the phone lines at this point and desperately trying to move up as Sal Powell suggested. <laughs> well, I mean, Mike K, he also uh, threw in there that they're not looking, I mean, they're looking to, uh, you know, supposedly break the bank at, to get into that seven spot to take away any chance that Tampa Bay would have against Mike Evans. Do you really think that the Eagles would be willing to do that at any point? And if so, is that ship calling the shots? Well, yeah, any trade-up, I think Chip is identifying a player that he covets. But I think to trade up to seven, you're probably looking at this one. Uh, you're looking at 22. You're you're looking definitely at the second-round pick, our number 54 pick. You could be looking at either a first or second next year. And that's really leaving you no margin for error with Nick Foles. So if Nick Foles fails, even with Mike Evans in the fold or whoever, or Eric Ebron or whoever they're trading up for, uh, to get the sixth spot um, or seventh spot, I mean, you're really, I mean, you're you're basically committing to Nick Foles right there because you're not going to be able to draft Mariota no matter what happens now um, or any other quarterback for that matter. So, you know, I, I, I understand the value of Mike Evans and I understand the value of Sammy Watkins, but I also think if you're looking at it this way, and I will take a, a fan's perspective. I don't necessarily 100% feel this way, but I also understand how it will look. You cut Deshaun Jackson for nothing. And then you're going to trade two first-round picks and a second-round pick to get his, not replacement, but the guy who's going to replace him in the starting lineup. And you created the entire need for that player. So I, I don't know why you would it seems like a really horrible use of resources, in my opinion. So I, I don't, I don't buy it. Like Brandon said, I mean, like Brandon said, I, I could see them trading up a few spots for Brandon Cooks or Odell Beckham or uh, even Marquise Lee if there's a run on, on wide receivers. But I, I, I don't buy that. And also, they've had a whole off season to make trades. I don't know why they're furiously looking to make trades right now. It doesn't really make a ton of sense. Patrick, any interest at Mike Evans at seven? Not at seven. I mean, like Mike just laid out pretty clearly and has uh, laid out pretty clearly in the past, the, the, anything that you're going to, any, any excitement that I would have about getting Mike Evans would immediately nullified by the horror of seeing what we would end up giving up to get him. And even as Brandon said, you know, if this is a draft where in theory it's easier to move up, I still don't think the, uh, the lower bounty to get him is going to be, is going to be worth it. I mean, this is, this is a draft where Howie has consistently said that, you know, the wide receivers are the best, the best part of the, of the draft class. So, you know, I feel like I would much rather be able to draft four players and get a receiver that is slightly better than uh, Mike Evans than Mike Evans and two picks over the next two years. And, you know, I can't disagree with any one of you because it's very logical sound, but I'm going to go ahead and put my illogical head on it as I usually do. Look, uh, the difference between trying to get above to get an Odell Beckham or a Brandon Cooks, you're probably going to have to get above Pittsburgh, I would assume, somewhere in that in that vein, because just by what I'm reading and what I'm talking about. The difference between Cooks and Odell Beckham and Evans, is it is it wider than, uh, you know, uh, 
to take all that risk and to do all that steps? I think it is. I, I mean, like if you, if, if it costs me uh, my one this year, a two this year, and a one next year, I'm pulling that trigger before you can say yes, please. Uh, I think that would be an incredible opportunity to have a, a guy like that, a guy that I know we've joked about all the time, a big, fast, wide receiver. He's got great hands, uh, with some of the best that I've seen, you know, in a long time. And I, the fanboy in me, wants to say, hell yeah, pull that trigger. You cannot fix this defense in one go. You just can't. I understand you probably you might be giving up the potential of you know a, a Tachu or a Dion Buchanan in the second round, but there are you know a couple other draft picks behind that. If you're just giving up the one, I have faith that Nick Foles is going to get there. I don't have a problem with being like, well, what if something happens in my quarterback and we have to draft another one? I don't think you can think that way. If you want the guy to put up points and if you want the guy to continue and win now I, I think you make that trade that's just me but uh, you know the other things that we've been talking about this week uh, Anthony Barr has is is always in every discussion that seems like Mr. K um, are are you comfortable if Barr falls to 22 and you still have a Lee Cooks Odell Beckham Jr. on the board are you leaning to take Barr over one of those guys or even a Kyle Fuller that's a really good question. Of those guys, Cooks and Fuller would probably be my instinctually those would be the two guys that I would look at. But you know, I mean, Chip really liked uh, Deion Jordan. Um, I still think there's an opportunity to get him in the second round, but with the second round pick, that's the change. But um, yeah, I mean, I, I'd understand the bar pick. I, I would get it. I mean, that would make sense to me. I would mean, it make you, you know, happy? That's a good question. Well, I mean, and I laid, laid this out in my Saturday Saturday morning cartoons uh, article uh, either this past week or the week before, and I think I had it in order of Cooks, Fuller, Barr, Beckham, Lee, as those five guys that I think are gonna it's gonna come down to. I mean, I would I would be excited for the fact that they didn't trade up to get him. And I do think he's going to become a quality player. Now, do I think he's going to be Alvin Smith? Probably not. And do I have concerns about him? Of course. But, you know, I don't know. It's not one of those – I don't think it's as big of a slam dunk as everybody's suggesting. And I'm trying to temper expectations on Twitter about it because he's going to have a pretty stiff learning curve. And I, I, I'm – I don't, I don't, I don't know if he'll be that productive over the first two years, to be honest with you. And I kind of tend to agree with you. Uh, he's not going to be he, maybe thirty-five percent of the snaps that he gets in his rookie year if he learns the system well and if he progresses well. But I, I keep telling everybody, I think he's a lot raw in that he disappears a lot. Um, at least, you know, again, amateur eyes here, but um, just not as polished. So, Patrick Waller, do you have the same kind of feelings or? Are you a big Anthony Barr fan of 22 versus those other guys? Not versus those other guys. Um, and that's not to take anything away from Barr as a player, I think. Um, you know, I'm going to go with groupthink on this. I think based <laughs> on a little that I've seen, um, you know, on the one hand, yes, the knock on him might be that he's not ready to play right away, but uh, I'm not as low on Trent Cole as a lot of people are, so I don't think you necessarily need him to play right away. Um, but really, I think the fan in me and the, and the hack analyst in me would rather see a, uh, a wide receiver like a, 
like a Cooks or an Odell Beckham or, you know, maybe if we're lucky, a Marquise Lee. Um, like we've said before, like we talked about around the time of the Super Bowl, um, you want your team to do something better than everybody else in the league. And I think if you add a, a good receiver to this mix, you have I feel like you have a better chance of improving your team uh, versus adding a, a linebacker like Barr. Ring the bell. <laughs> ding, 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 ding. <laughs> All right, here Get we it. go. I, I have the case for Barr. You know, I, I definitely agree with you guys. You know, he's definitely raw. You know, I'm 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 far from like Barr's biggest number one fan or anything. But I think, you know, I, I see the case for him pretty clearly. I think, you know, it's it's simple. Uh he's not the most polished product, but I think he has that kind of serious potential. He is raw, you know, he he has nice size. I think what's an interesting thing here is, and with with Barr is you have to look at what the Seahawks did, and that's not defense wins championships. It's how they built that defense, and what they did is they took players who, you know, were drafted later on. You know, Sherman was a later round pick, uh, Malcolm Smith, Super Bowl MVP, later round pick. I mean, they took these guys and they developed them. And I think, you know, while it's kind of, you know, it's not ideal to spend a first round pick on a guy that you kind of have to develop like that you know those seem more like later round players like i mentioned you know i think if you have the faith in chip kelly and you have the faith in your coaching staff and you know you can make that guy into a really good pass rusher i think it makes sense because he doesn't have to play right away anyway as patrick said you still have trent cole here you still have connor barwin here they're probably going to be the starters they're probably going to play you know at least 70 percent of the snaps anyway so you're not asking Barr to come in and be a starter and an impact player right away you're kind of asking him to just handle uh you know a rotational role and a depth role and i i think that's why he could make sense there at 22 i don't know but is he is he the rawest product like jpp was a raw product and he fit in rather quickly i, I do you see anthony Barr being anywhere close to that uh, i don't know because uh, you know I, i'm again i'm uh, not I think there's a, you know, I think Michael agreed with this. You know, I think there's a pretty good chance he busts. So, no, I, I really don't see that. But, again, you know, it's, you just have to weigh the, the risk-reward there. Honestly, I'm still not buying that he gets to 22. I think there's a good number of teams there between the Eagles and, you know, the other teams in between there that are he's going to be off the board by then. I, I want to go to Mike on this, too. Uh, but I, I I also want to say that's the thing that scares me the most is if the Eagles do try and jump for Bar somewhere in that 17, 16 range, that scares me more than I think reaching out for Mike Evans and trading most of your draft away. Go ahead, Mike. Well, and, and I would say this, too. I mean, when you ask me if I'd be excited uh, about Bar, I mean, I'm excited about his boom potential. What scares me is his floor, and he kind of reminds me of Aaron Maven when he was at Penn State. I mean, they were used a little bit differently, but they're relatively the same athlete, and they had relatively the same height and relatively the same inexperience. So that that really worries me. Um, and I've talked to uh, some guys that uh, have covered the Bills specifically about it, actually, today, and they're like, yeah, Totally see it. Totally see it. Didn't even think about it that way, but yeah, Aaron Maven, that makes total sense. So that worries me. Um, then again, he could be a middle of the wrong guy and be like Manny Lawson, where he becomes a journeyman and just an average starter. That would bother me too. This is one of the. This is if not the deepest 
draft class in 20 years, it's one of the top three. And I feel like if you're going to come out of this draft with an average starter, with a Manny Lawson in the first round, I just, I mean, it's better than a bust, but like, really? I mean, I, I feel like this wide receiver class is, is very solid through the first two rounds. I, I feel like you can get a quality cornerback. I think Kyle Fuller is going to be a star in this league. Uh, the likes of Richard Sherman, possibly. I just, I don't know. I just, there's something about Anthony Barr that watching him on tape, I don't, I don't think that he is as much of a first round pick as he is a second round pick. I think there's a reason why teams will pass on him if he gets to 22, and that's something that the Eagles should consider. Yeah, I mean, I, I understand. <laughs> don't get me wrong. I understand Anthony Barr more as a first round pick than I would with Cody Latimer. I don't know how that crap got started, but. I understand fancy pro day, all that stuff, but yeah. anyway, it's uh, totally crazy. And it's, you know, that, I think that's what everybody is just, can we all agree? We're just tired and sick and tired of everybody else's takes your own takes at this point. You're just like, just let the damn thing start already. For, yeah. Let's just end this podcast right now. Yeah, I'm out. You know, start the job yes, right drop now. The, drop the mic. Why are we talking? <laughs> Let's wave a good hello to uh, Alejandro Villanueva and call it a night. Um, uh, but anyway, Mike, we do, before we get into all the other fun stuff, and we're not going to keep hammering on as many hot takes as we can because you, you've gotten that all week, and there's more great stuff from these guys and uh, a lot of good articles, and Mike's been killing it with the uh, player interviews, not only on paper but in audio as well, and we have a special guest join us. Mike, why don't you uh, introduce him for us? Yeah. Um, Tyler Starr is a uh, product out of uh, South Dakota. Uh, he's a line, an outside linebacker who's gotten a lot of buzz, uh, especially from draft mix that really like small school product. Really athletic guy. Reminds me a lot of Brian uh, Brayman. But, uh, you know, he's a mix between Brian Brayman and, and honestly, Connor Barwin. They both have, they have similar skills. He would play Sam uh, in our 3-4. Uh, really, really raw. But I think he has the potential to be a really, really good backup player in an event and have the potential to start down the road. Um, I think that he would learn a lot from Trent Cole and Connor Barwin, which he, uh, you know, has alluded to in other interviews and, and this one. So um, I think you're really going to enjoy his perspective, and um, I hope you uh, check him out after after this interview and learn more about Tyler Starr. Absolutely. Here's Mike K with Tyler Starr, University of South Dakota. I'm here with Tyler Starr of South Dakota, uh, linebacker prospect. Um, how you doing today, Tyler? Doing so. How are you doing? Cannot complain, man. I'm glad to have you with us today on uh, BGN Radio. Um, you know, you, your name has kind of gotten some buzz amongst Eagles fans and the Eagles media uh, due to your size and your athleticism. And you kind of bursted onto the scene amongst, you know, draft Knicks that really pay attention to small school guys. You know, you're coming from a small school. Um, and, you know, Howie Roseman's done really well on day three and the later portions of day two. And, um, you know, you seem like a guy that's going to fit in that range. So we wanted to kind of talk to you about your college career, uh, you know, your draft process, and, you know, how you think you'd fit with the Eagles. Um, let me ask you this. Uh, so what made you go to South Dakota State? I mean, sorry, South Dakota University. Oh, well, I attended uh, the USD football camp in the summer, my uh, junior and senior year, 
of high school, and I was kind of showing out to the coaches there during the, some of the scrimmages, and I guess they liked what they saw. I ended up going on an official visit there and uh, committing there after offered a full, full scholarship. So I kind of get, ended up settling in there, and uh, you know, kind of where I ended up, ended up. So you know, you're you're from Iowa, and you you played in South Dakota. There wasn't really a lot of NFL activity around the area. Were you a, a, a fan of a specific team growing up? Uh, not necessarily. I was uh, I was more of a fan of uh, just the game. You know, my my family was split on teams. My dad liked the Cowboys. You know, my mom liked the Vikings, the uncle liked the, uh, the Packers, so I was just kind of bouncing around from different teams, liking different players, and so I just knew that, you know, football was something that I enjoyed to watch and enjoyed doing, and um, that's just kind of how, how I went about it. You've kind of come out of nowhere um, from a guy that a lot of people hadn't heard of to a guy that's being considered um, a possible, uh, you know, mid-round pick. Um, has has your stock rise kind of sh- uh, been surprising to you, or is that just a you know a, a testament to your hard work? Um, you know, it's nice to see it rise. I don't know if it comes a surprise. I don't know if it, you know I didn't expect it to rise. Um, you know, that's what the goal was. I, I was I was trying to make moves in that direction. Um, I'm just thankful that uh, some teams out there are seeing that I have the ability to play at this next level, and and uh, you know I'm really hoping for some teams to. You know, have some trust in me, have some faith in the small school kid, and you know how much effort and how ambitious I am, and uh, you know maybe maybe take a little risk on me, but I, you know my, my goal is to you know not let anyone down and, and to show the world that I can play football and I can do different things to the game. To you know I can pass rush, I can cover, and uh, you know I'm good in the run game and I can play special teams. Um, I just want to show the world that I can play football and come from a small town. You're kind of similar to a guy that the Eagles just signed free agency, Brian Brom. Uh, sorry, Brian Brayman. Um, and, uh, you know, he's kind of like a, a ball-to-the-wall, you know, really hardcore special teams player who's kind of developing as an outside linebacker. Is that kind of a role you could see yourself playing? And do you see yourself as a developmental prospect? Oh, I think I, think I do. I think um... – I also think I'll pick up quickly. I think I'm going to learn the playbook fast, and I think I'm going to, um, you know, hang around these vets and, and really get, get to know the program and get to know the process. And, and I'm, I'm looking forward to excelling as fast as I can and finding the field any way possible. Um, like I said, I love this game, and it's what motivates me is to win and, uh, you know, be a part of a winning program. And so, you know, obviously, um, any way I can get on the field and contribute to the team, you know, I'll do anything it takes. Um. You know, what do you know about the Eagles' defense? They run a 3-4. Um, are, are you familiar with any of the, you know, we, we've seen reports that you've talked to the Eagles. Um, have you kind of delved into their defense? And if you have, what do you think you could bring to that defense? Well, I do. I have access to a, a website where I can watch all of NFL's last year's games. So I've been on film, you know, kind of the different defenses where I think I'd fit in most of the 3-4 defenses. And, you know, watching a guy like Trent Cole come off the edge, I mean, um, to just to get some knowledge from him and and you know some technique work, you know, obviously coming from a small school, I didn't have the you know the developmental process of some of these bigger schools and have the resources, the facilities. But you know, going give, having the opportunity, I think I you know I have my best football gift to come, and um, you know I think I could I could do multiple things for the Eagles. I think I could come off the edge and uh, you know make some plays, but I also think uh, you know 
that can stand up in the, on the third down and you know, line me up anywhere over the ball. You don't know if I'm going to blitz. You don't know if I'm going to drop on a back or if I'm going to go zone, drop in some coverage. I mean, you know, I want to be able to show the teams that I can do all that. Is there a certain player in the NFL, you know, you're watching all these games from last year, is there a certain guy that you either really like his game and think you can become similar to him or a guy that you would compare your game to right now? I, I wouldn't say compare. And, I, and, you know, I watch a variety of different players, but I like to, you know, pick different parts. Like, um, I, I like to watch Alden Smith for his creativity. You know, Trent Cole, I know he, when he had that four-point stance come off, he has that speed goal. I mean, that was, you know, that's unreal for – uh, you know, I've seen him put tackles on their butts faster than the ball been snapped. So uh, I, I try to, you know, watch different techniques and different player types. So um, there's a lot of learning to do, but I'm looking forward to it. Can you sell me on Tyler Starr? What are you going to bring to um, a defense as, as a rookie and in your career? With the tenacity to get the job done. Um, there's a lot of things, a lot of sacrifices that have to be made to make this make – this, uh, make a team winning program, whether it's uh, putting in the man hours and then it's uh, anything to production. I mean, like I said, it, it's a business on the field, and, and I'm fortunate enough to be in, be in a business that you know, I love to do. And this, this, is, this is my life, and uh, you know, it will be for hopefully you know, numerous amount of years, and um, I'll do whatever it takes to get the job done. All right. Thanks, Tyler. We appreciate having you. Thank you very much. Well, that was, again, another great interview by Mike Kay. Uh, Tyler Starr, great stuff. Hope to see him in an Eagles uniform. He sounds like he's uh, really an awesome guy and, uh, you know, knows his stuff around the football field. But, um, guys, you know, we're, we're getting to the, the nitty-gritty of things here. We don't want to keep this going for too long, but we want to get everybody's perspective. Brandon Lee Gowden, it's draft day. What do you want out of this weekend? What is your hopes and dreams, and what players do you want? Here is what I see happening in the ideal world, the dream draft. I'm not going to go into the later rounds too much because I think that's a little too specific, especially for me. I just don't have the kind of interest enough to to detail all of that. But at the, you know, at the top, the meat of the draft right there, you know, that's where I think something big is going to happen. I think somehow, you know, they're going to end up with Brandon Cooks. I think they like him a lot. You know, I, I think he's a guy that makes sense for them. And it's kind of funny if that happens, you know, because they, they get rid of Deshaun and they talk about how it was for football reasons and then they, they draft Brandon Cooks. Obviously, they're they're not exactly like, you know, a lot of people who don't like Cooks kind of want to compare him to, to Deshaun and say, well, why would the Eagles draft him? Because he's just like, Deshaun, I don't I agree with that. I think he's a little more uh, bulked up than that. And I think he's a more of a special player than Deshaun or could be at least. So I think Cooks in the first round, that's the guy you really want there. If you're going defense, Kyle Fuller is the other guy I like. I wouldn't be upset with that. Uh, I, I just don't think the pass rusher is here for the Eagles up early. I don't think Bar falls. So I'm not going to talk about a pass rusher there. I think maybe you get one of those guys later on, like a, a bench guy. But uh, the the other thing I see, how about this? Second round, somehow, some way, they get it done. They trade for Deion Jordan somehow. I don't know how they pull it off. Man, I'd love it second round pick and maybe i don't know what else maybe brandon graham i don't know what i can't you know pretend i do but i'm just gonna say (laughs) (laughs) not quite but that's that's what i'm gonna say i'm gonna say they walk away with brandon cooks and Deion jordan boom mike k my hopes and dreams are for butterfly kisses and raindrops on roses. Um, actually, uh, no, I, I just I would like a quality starting wide receiver. I think that that's a must in this draft. Um, 
I think a pass rusher and a quality backup offensive uh, lineman, I think those are the three big things for me. I would love to get a cornerback for the future because realistically Boykin and, and Nolan Carroll could be the only corners on the roster next year. Uh, I am still worried about the returning Macklin and Aurelius Ben. I, I don't have a trouble with Riley Cooper. I don't think this season was necessarily a fluke just because of his connection with Nick Foles. I think that'll work out, but you got to have yourself covered. Um, I honestly don't care if they draft the wide receiver in the first, second, or third round, but they need to do it in the first three rounds. I really, really like Bruce Ellington in the third round, but they pass on a guy in the first. I'm cool with them passing on a guy in, in the second. I mean, if I end up ideally with, uh, you know, um, Kyle Fuller, Marcus Smith, and Bruce Ellington, it's like my bar mitzvah day all over again. I'm totally done with that. We'll dance the horror. Uh, <laughs> When that one, I'll smoke a cigar, and I don't even smoke. I've got weak lungs. So, uh, yeah, I think that would be a good uh, first two days for us. And then in the later rounds, really like uh, Ronald Powell from, from UF, and uh, I like Tyler Starr, who we just interviewed. So those guys could be fourth, fifth-round targets. I think you can get a, guy, uh, a future cornerback starter in the later rounds with uh, Dante Johnson from uh, NC State. And I think later rounds, you'll see that. You'll see a safety. I know Howie talks poorly of like the later round safeties, but I think you can look at a guy like Alden Darby or Sean Parker from Washington or uh, Trey Boston from North Carolina. I think I think you're going to find that if we trade back and get more picks, we're going to have a lot of quality depth, and I think a lot of guys will make the team. Patrick, what do you think, buddy? Well, it's hard to follow those two. Uh, I I love both, but. I'm going to say we walk away with uh, Marquise Lee, he of the Q without a U. I, uh, I, think, uh, I think he's going to slide, and it's going to end up being one of those things where you look back, and when, when Bookie Brooks does his uh, redo of the draft, everyone's going to say, how do we let him slip so far? Uh, and I think he's going to make us forget all about Deshaun, or at least I hope he does. Um, later in the draft, I'd like to see maybe a pass rusher in round two, like a Tauchu or one of those guys. Um, my dark horse that I'd like to see middle of the uh, middle of the draft would be a an inside linebacker you can groom, and maybe just maybe a uh, right or left tackle you can groom. Um, I think those are two positions that we might end up regretting not drafting if we don't. Um, so I'd like to see us sort of uh, look a little ahead and 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 check off a couple boxes there. But I think one of the fun things about this draft is in a lot of ways there's uh there's not a lot that the Eagles can do that, uh, you know, would be a bad thing short of, you know, drafting Kelvin Benjamin. <laughs> hey, now. <laughs> I'm on an island by myself. I'll go pound sand and be ignorant. I don't care. I, I think I think Kelvin ben- – you know what? I, screw it. I want Kelvin Benjamin out of this draft. Not in the first round. I'm not saying waste of 22 on him. You know, trade back if you need to. I think there are better receivers out there. I'm not saying that he's better than – the guys that we keep mentioning. I would love Kelvin Benjamin in the second round if you can pull that off somehow. Go wide receiver, wide receiver, all I care. Load them up. Uh, I I think there is a great potential with him in this offense. Anywhere else, probably not, but I, I trust Chip to make a tight end out of him if he wanted to. It, it, you know, who, who, who knows what. But I think he's a constant mismatch in between the 25-yard line into the end zone. So, um the main things I want, first round, I, I'm I'm uh, I'm an adrenaline junkie. I want fireworks in the first round. I don't really care what happens, but make it interesting. 
make it, uh, you know, the, make it right. And I really do think that the Eagles are on board for doing something, not crazy, like going up to seven or whatever. It'd be nice. I wouldn't mind it. But I do think that there is some form of big boom there uh, on Thursday night. Even if it is, even if that big boom is trading down and getting a, a lot of big stock out of that, I think that's one of the things there. Uh, Pete Wall mentioned the inside linebacker that you can uh, groom. I have one favorite in mind. Obviously, I'm an Iowa Hawkeyes guy. Christian Kurtzy, if he ends up in an Eagles uniform, ladies and gentlemen, we are going to have one of the best inside linebacking cores in the league. Mark it, vault it, put it in a bag, wrap it up. I'm buying a jersey if he gets drafted as an Eagle. I'll go crazy. Yeah. Oh, watch some tape on him. I, the guy can do everything. He's great in coverage. He can hit. He can create turnovers. He's a great leader. He's everything that Chip Kelly wants. And he plays music. Uh, and that being said, I thank you so much, Bleeding Green Nation, for all the support to the site, to the station, to the at the station. What are we? WQRR now? Jesus. Uh, the, to the show, uh, for everybody here, we're going to be doing constant draft updates as it goes on. Uh, might just be in, me and Mike K. There might be some players that we can get on as well. So after the draft, look for all the quick hits, our quick reactions, Monday through, uh, or excuse me, uh, Thursday through Sunday. It's going to be crazy. It's going to be fun. And we uh, thank you for enjoying the ride along with us. Oh, and what am I thinking? Of course, uh, BLG, Patrick Wall, I believe James is going to be there too. Dan Klausner, Jim uh, J- Jim Kelly. I was about to call Jim, Jimmy Kemsky, Jim Kelly. He could be. You know, he's the Jim Kelly of uh, Philly.com. Uh, Jimmy Kemsky will be there as well at the Philly Faithful Reaction to the Draft Party. Uh, I don't Is that the exact title there, BLG? Yeah, it's a, it's a draft recap party. Draft recap party. Uh, tons of fun, merchandise, food, drinks, all that uh, jazz. It's going to be a good time. Go to phillyfaithful.com. I know uh, Brandon has a link to it on the site as well, or just ask one of us on Twitter. It's going to be a really fun time. Come hang out, RSVP. We'll answer questions. We'll do jumping jacks, and I will wear my meat bikini as promised. So for Patrick Wall, for Mike K, for Mr. BLG, we thank you so much for listening to BGN Radio right here on BleedingGreenNation.com. You've been listening to BGN Radio right here on BleedingGreenNation.com. 